idea for all this really came from a dream. Yes. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Jessica Morocco. Jessica is a psychic, intuitive medium, past life regressionist, Akashic record reader, ET experiencer, and galactic liaison. Jessica has been communicating with Andronicus and ET from Andromeda for several years with over 200 shows discussing intriguing information and interesting insights to many unanswered questions for humanity. There are various other ETs whom she has communicated with and are involved as well with transmissions, including Rodan, also known as Odin, and more. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hello, Jerry. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Great to be here. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Nish. I feel like, I think I'm uh, roboting already. It's a connection. No, I haven't heard your robot yet. Okay. Because both of you have frozen up on me. We're just cold people. <laughs> no, I think it's energetics again. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a great pleasure to have you here, Jessica. And especially last time we had to reschedule, I had gotten this severe a cold that I never get. And so I apologize for that. Well, I'm glad to see you're feeling better. Yes, much better. That was a hell ride. <laughs> it was talk about a hell ride. Uh, so let's, let's get in and start talking about the early stuff that comes up for you. And what what sticks out now from your earliest period of life, this life, that you can recall? And you mean like uh, paranormal stuff that happened? Or? Any, uh, anything that inspired you. So I'm talking like early, early, early and pop culture-y. So kind of the, your foundation blocks. So did you have a relationship with nature? What kind of, did you like comic books or cartoons? Did any movies stick out? Stuff like that. Um, I, um, of course, I always liked the older movies. And I wasn't really, I remember watching Dark Shadows as a kid. I don't know if you remember Dark Shadows. I loved Dark Shadows. Oh, it was so legendary and ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff has come back again. They've done, you know, uh, movies of that later on. But I remember, like, I had such such a weird, um, I thought it was my imagination, but I had some real, very weird experiences as a child. And so a lot of which I learned to not talk about because people thought it was strange. Um, I would see, I could see dimensionally through, uh, I remember playing in the front yard and in the air, I could see like a dimension through the air. And um, almost like I could touch it, I'd see these like um, gelatinous looking things floating around. <laughs> I remember reaching for them and some of the other kids saying, you know, what are you doing? And I say, you don't see that? And so, you know, early on, I, I, I learned to not say much because, you know, but meanwhile, all of this, this type of thing was going on. And of course, I have a recollection of a spacecraft over my house at the age of five where I was pulled outside in the middle of the night and looking up and seeing a spacecraft. So the, the ET stuff has been around and, and that then came back to me again at the, around the age of 12 or so when I saw my first Boston album. And I don't know if you guys remember the album of Boston, but it had this big spacecraft. And I remember 
someone handing me that. And I just stood there for about five minutes staring at it. I'm like, why does this look familiar to me? <laughs> I, I had the exact same. I had the exact same experience with the ELO Out of the Blue album cover. And I went to the concert too, which was a spaceship. It was weird. It was like, <laughs> I know what you mean. What's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they were prepping us for something. And, and uh, also, you know, they were experiencing it. And so it was coming back. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what in the world was going on. It wasn't until I got very much in my 50s that I finally got, got the answer, finally, you know. Uh, that's a long time. I mean, I've asked a lot of people. I tried to sort through this stuff, but it comes back to the, the ET experience where no one wants to talk about it. They don't know how to address it. And um, I think that's the problem. You, know, you want to put it in the closet or you want to just um, you know, be safe. You don't want anyone to think that you're crazy or there's anything wrong with you. And I appreciate those that come out in the forefront and they, they talk about it and, you know, really are bold about what their experience was and, and, and hold their ground. But I know that government doesn't want this out, so it makes it even more challenging. When so I want to stop here for a minute and just look at this five-year-old craft experience. When, after you had it, did you share it with your parents? Um, I might have, I think what happened is they wiped my memory of that one, but I do remember sharing with my parents, seeing some kind of robots. I used to have nightmares every night for, I don't know, maybe it was a half a year or so around the age of six. What did the robots look like? Um, they, they were, they were just looked like uh, short robots i heard that they were in they were the robots are coming they're invading um so it was really a weird thing they weren't the little blue doctors right it was the little one they were little ones the little one the square were they blue or just like real silver real body metallic okay metallic. Yeah, I, I was picturing metallic it, it was really strange because um i guess Maybe from my, my perspective as a young child, these were, this was a form of AI that was coming in Yes, and uh, invading. I was afraid of them. I knew that there was something very callous and cold about them and that you couldn't reason with them. And I've had that experience before where, you know, I mean, if they have to destroy something that there's no reasoning with them, they just right. do that. And that's probably one of the worst things is, is the AI component, in my opinion. Yes. Well, this is, I mean, it's all looking at everything kind of black and white logically. And this is what I've been talking about for years. We should consider that <laughs> if we're going to move forward. Um, although I will get to that later. I want to, I still want to get these building blocks, uh, our foundation set. So it, when you were talking about, you could see through the air dimensionally, could you give us some more visuals on that? I. I had this experience too, and I find this very interesting to hear. Uh, so how, how did, how, what are the mechanics of that? How did it appear to you? And then what was the mood generally uh, in, in this vision? Um, I remember, you know, cause I was kind of like um, a, the type of kid that I was doing handstands on, on the front yard, you know, I cartwheels, handstands, flips. And of getting into the gymnastics stuff, 
and so you know you're just playing and and it's just it was just not a large plot of land in the front and i remember but there was something in the air that there was a, a, a weird density of the air quality and you could see the particles um reflecting and then yes. it was these uh, looked like bubbles um could be plasma could be bubbles could be something that that was it was strange and i remember just like oh i'd like to just you know you, you have bubbles in front of a kid they want to pop it and just um you know that that was and, and it looked like there was like a density to the air yes you know? what, yeah did you, was it blue did you say no it it was um it had a transparency appearance to it um, like like a plasma now, possibly, you know, with certain lighting, it would have had some reflection, but yet the, um, if I think about it, the color of the reflection wasn't affecting it. So it was almost like I was seeing into the space as opposed to that the space was actually transforming, which would have created a reflection of a refraction of color. So it was more like a portal kind of effect. It's a portal. Yeah. And I yeah. wasn't aware why I was seeing through it, but I was, yeah, but it didn't have the circular because i've seen portals that are circular and and um uh this was more of just like uh random bubbles mm -hmm. yeah i wonder yes. if, if one of those types is natural and one is man-made perhaps like maybe one is technologically based versus an organic or an analog versus digital i don't know just thought it, it could have been superimposed because we do have micro realities and that is something that pocket that pocket universes pocket universes mm -hmm. and so forth um what i did do is i um as i got older i thought i'd visit that in, at another time and i did see a craft on my front yard mm. in some sense we might have been in a craft mm. <laughs> That's... in the so so in the environment early, like I remember seeing, uh, well, I still see the environment like this, where if I, especially if I'm outside in the open air and it's a clear day, especially if it's a clear day, I can still see, and it's, it's just how I see the environment, like uh, particles hitting each other, bouncing off each other. Is that, do you experience that? And did you experience back then yeah i have i've experienced that multiple times it's okay like, it's it's almost like you're looking um it's not just the, the dust but the uh, uh it's a little bit quantum yes yeah i i've always been looking for answers on that i, I had some people say it's or you know i'm sensing the organ energy in the air i i've never found the real thing but it's definitely how i experience my visuals of the environment and especially when i'm outside of rooms or if i'm in well-lit places where there's a lot of light refracting but so we're in a construct aren't we we're in a construct that has yes building blocks and 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 some can see um a little deeper into the construct as most others some refer to it as a matrix i think we're several layers deep in several constructs yeah to be honest yeah that's true it's true it, depending it's particularly where you're at at that time yeah the factor yeah 
so it, it, all right so back in this this early early phase what was your relationship with the the natural world around you so we we have you um already experiencing really multi dimensions and have this early et experience what about nature were you around big nature ocean forests probably all of the above um i live i grew up in a suburb uh but i was close enough to go to the woods as well as close enough to go to the beach and um the uh my book that that i wrote the sea or violets in the grass was based on a regression that I did, where I was um, here again, it's around that same age again, around maybe seven or eight years old. And I used to play in the backyard of my neighbors who ironically, her name was Alice. <laughs> and that was bizarre. And she, she was like from Syria and she was, you know, I called her, she was four by four, you know, it was about four foot wide, four foot deep. <laughs> it's awesome, you know. She she couldn't hear. She could. She could see barely, but she was able to communicate. Brilliant, brilliant woman, An older woman, you know, like a grandmother. And yeah, uh, but we. She'd still get upset when we go in her backyard. But there was all these like beautiful little violets back there, and so I. I thought, well, I'm gonna go get myself a little miniature bouquet. You know, I'm a little girl, right? And yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm looking around, and I, you know, start picking these flowers, and I have some other uh, friends there with me. And uh, something happens, and I realize it in my regression. I didn't realize it at the time, but as I was picking those those violets, um, some kind of weird mist appeared, and then I stepped out and came back again. So I literally went out out of dimension. Wow. What, how did you? What was the per, your perception of that when that happened? It was very elemental. It was yeah have a very strong connection to the elementals yes these are, these are the earth energies and people say well you know they laugh about us you, you know you think like a child or whatever but these things are, are real i mean everything's alive everything has its own like kind of like uh, soul essence right the plants yes the animals, the, you know and then there is these other creatures they're like you know little helper creatures whether you want to call them a fairy or you want to call them an elf, or you want to call them a, a leprechaun, whatever, you know what I mean? People laugh about it, but to some cultures, this, this is something that they, they um, recognize and, um, and it's part of their belief system. But uh, I, you know, like there are certain things that I wasn't raised with, but I came to realize that they existed. Do you see them as, for me, I, I mean, I, I, I always was in contact with the others and as i've gotten older i'm starting i think now that they are how we were experiencing or how people are experiencing extraterrestrial type stuff like i see it just seems like an evolution of language or how people are processing it now very much the same energy with the different races and inner dimensionality or uh, interstellar which is still another dimension uh it all seems the same or connected to me yeah and i mean if if you are connecting to the earth 
respecting the earth and understanding that the earth is a huge living multi-organism and that it is also connected to the, the greater space of, of our galaxy and our universe. And in, in real time, there is no distance that people think that there is a distance. I mean, at any time you could be here and be all the way at the end of the universe somewhere. Yeah, but where is that really? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something it, that you can experience. I mean. Have you entertained the thought that it's not a physical location? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so many. It's hard to describe something because it is not. Um, in this dimension. In this dimension, right. <laughs> <laughs> but in time space is, is, you know, there's so many different dynamics that go into something like that happening. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you can be, when I communicated with Andronicus, mm -hmm. The Andronicus transmission. The first time I communicated with him was after a, I did a regression with someone, and he started coming through to me. And when I realized that I was talking to him um, from way back in time, prior to the human race, yet I was speaking to him clearly, like it was real time. Mm -hmm. And and the distance of where he was at somewhere in, in Andromeda. I mean, that really blew my mind. I sat back and I said, you got to be kidding me. How in the world did this happen? Because there's no distance between you two. Right. There was a desire to communicate. Yes. At that moment. So you t it's like a frequency thing where you just tune into each other's vibration in a way. Frequency. Or a channel. Yeah, I mean, it's a frequency. It's like a radio. Right. When, <laughs> Jessica, when you were very young also, did you have any of any fears like uh, the, the classic stuff, even fear of under the bed or of the dark, something in the closet, something in the wood? It's funny. You're going to laugh at this one. I, well, I wasn't the one that I was really afraid of. I'm telling you the truth is is those robots. Yeah, you know that they were they were cold blooded killers if they they wanted needed to be. Um, but I did have a whole bunch of um, uh, witches that came was speaking to me through a closet when I was a kid. Oh wow! Well, can and, you give us some of that information? Yeah, this this is a weird story. I mean, remember I live in in New England. And I'm, I live near the Boston area, which is, I wasn't really that close, but close enough to Salem, Massachusetts, where the, where the hangings were and the, the witch trials and all that stuff. And I, I somehow, they tuned in to, we talk about frequency, somehow they tuned into, or they recognized, I'm pretty confident that I was there. I don't believe, I believe I was a child when, when the witch trials were on. I, I had to figure that out because I was trying to figure out why they all came to me. And they, they weren't like threatening me or anything. They were just like, you know, challenging me or, or asking me questions. I, I wasn't afraid, but it was a little unnerving at the time because I was young and they were older women. So uh, that, that, was a, that was a really weird experience. So years later, I did do some research on it. I, I lived up in uh, North Andover, 
which is next to Andover, where I guess the real witches were. And then it kind of spread out to like Beverly and Salem and that whole area where, where the, you know, the, the people that weren't even witches, I think, got killed. But there were, were practicing witches in the time. Well, technically, you know, there were a lot of them were just like herbalists, you know. Um, I won't say that they were like, uh, you know, just trying to be evil or anything like that. They were, it was just sort of the nature of doing certain things that they were often accused. I mean, you know, the whole thing about how some of the women were accused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might have been a strong woman or. Um, and well, land grab. There's a bunch of stuff went on. Land grab. Absolutely. That there is proof of that, that uh, if the land was appealing, that they would accuse people of being witches. So they would take the land and, and they have used that tactic. You know, I mean, land grab is is usually typically the cause for a lot of things. Yeah. I'm sure the Rothschilds had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, these these witches were calling were talk communicating to you from a closet? From my closet, yeah. The oh, line the witch in the wardrobe. <laughs> I love it's the first thing I thought of. I love it. I also thought of Witchy Poo. There's like one of the cart the Bugs Bunny things I think with her. Was it Witchy Poo? No, it was, uh, Broom Hilda. Oh yeah. Witchy Poo is the other one. In uh HR Puff and Snuff. Thank right? you. Yes. Not Rankin Bass, but the other that one. one. Yeah. Sid yeah. and Marty Croft. Broom Hilda though, she had she was like in the in and out of that closet with her pins. I loved her. The hair pins, uh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> She's so great. Uh okay, and so back in this early period, also what kind of experiences or dreams do you have any memory of at this point as far as dream experience? Oh, I mean I've had some really weird lucid dreams. As a young, young person? The young person, um, uh, I have to think about it. There, I mean, there were times when, of course, you know, you have some, have nightmares and things, premonitions, um, see something. I remember having a dream of a uh, commercial that actually, yeah, I remember going to school and saying, hey, yeah, I remember that commercial. And I was looking at me like, what are you talking about? And then it show up about six months later. Was one of them like the Mother Nature one? Don't don't mess with Mother. Do you remember that one? I do remember that. <laughs> that was so great. Remember which the lightning bolt came. In. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> one, yeah. But that was a butter commercial or something, wasn't it? I can't even remember what it was, but that image will never leave Margarine. me. Something margarine. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that great? Right? Nope. Was it parquet? Something like that. Well, there was it another was... one with the crown, like a gold crown or I'll blue find bonnet. I'll find it. Blue, blue bonnet. No? Blue bonnet. Everything tastes better with blue bonnet on it. Yeah. These <laughs> <laughs> these things that stick. Uh okay, so in in uh, the dreamscape for you as a young person, how did it, so well, we're gonna move forward, of course, but sticking with 
you younger and it, it it doesn't have to be young 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 like early it just you younger what and i like like preteen up to teens if we can get kind of that detail did were you able to do you have flying dreams were you interactive with dreams what was the dreamscape like in this period where you're in the teens in that area around when puberty starts i don't you know it's it's kind of weird i i had this um ongoing dream of being living another life while i was it's like being in the same town but having a, an overlay um of another experience where i was kind of alone with someone um this person and i remember him talking to me and it would keep coming up in the dreams um i i attributed that to a my lab experience mm. that's probably about the time and it was really weird because that was like i was with someone that was much older than me and that we were married and i wasn't allowed to tell anybody or in a relationship really weird very weird did so, you feel really emotionally connected to it yeah to that person i did almost like i was relying on him mm -hmm. to help me to survive which is is kind of a strange thing for a young teenage kids going through yes and so do you have any recollection of the dream images around that that are, you know possibly the wipe that they use the screen it, it it was um the exact same town it was like they took the um all the appearance of everything that i was familiar with inserted him and then all of a sudden it's like i didn't have a voice or there was a wall that didn't allow me to communicate with anyone and i remember um a certain feeling a specific feeling was um isolating in a way but also um uh like why can't we share this with everyone or what why why is it like you know perplexed confused not understanding what i was actually going through it was very strange very very strange. And what was the relationship like with your parents? Like, were you able to talk about dreams at all with them? Did you have any of that kind of candidness going on? No, no. I mean, I was, I was um, not free to talk about any of this stuff. Uh, I didn't want them to. I felt that they didn't understand. And so, as I said, as a, at a young age, I was very shy. I was really, really quiet. And I, I withdrew, uh, particularly because I felt like the things that I was experiencing, others weren't. And I didn't want to look different. And I didn't, like, if I said something to my mother, um, like, I, you know, I knew something about my father and I, I like, kind of expressed it. It was like I knew everything that was going on, but I was afraid to say anything. And I, I just, you know, as I got older, I became much more open and bold about what I had to talk about. But it, it felt very um, like I wasn't allowed to come forward. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, definitely. So, especially that time period, you know, they were very close-minded. 
Were you brought up in a religious household? Um, I wouldn't say really religious. Um, we were Roman Catholic, but my mother was, you know, she, she didn't enforce any religion or, or belief system on us. Um, I, I, I mean, I sort of started being curious about religion and, and trying to understand what a lot of this, a lot of this stuff meant. Because I knew I was having these strange experiences and other things around me that were difficult. Um, so I, you know, I was trying to sort through it all, and uh, but it wasn't that. It was more of my mother was very, very quiet, uh, reserved, and kind of a an old-fashioned Italian. If if you understand any of that. <laughs> oh, I told yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, like just do your stuff. Don't talk about it, you know. It, it just wasn't very open in in my house. Everything was more closed mouth, and 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 if you if you made a big deal over anything, it drew attention, and a lot of times the attention it, it wasn't a positive thing. So I just, you know, um, it took me a while before I could confide in anyone regarding some of this stuff. Oh, way later, way later, I was much older. And since, and since it's you, and since we've already talked about, uh, we've already brought my labs and all this in, and anyone who follows you knows all this stuff, but just, just for the sake of the building blocks here, were you, was any, was your, your father or anyone around you in the military or contracted by the military? Yeah, my father was in the, the U.S. military, Navy. And, um. Navy intelligence or just the Navy Navy? Yes. I would just say Navy. I mean, I don't I don't think he had any high level he worked um in, with the uh pharmacist. The... Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I know. I mean my father passed when he I was twelve. So you know, I have limited amount of information regarding his military. But yeah, I'm sure that had contributed uh, is it at 12 okay is it uh is it possible we can talk about your papa yeah sure so he passed when you were 12 do you recall having any dreams beforehand about his passing yeah could you share those or what you recall of them um I, I, I remember having a feeling that he was going to die. And then um, it wasn't long after that he got sick. So I had no, you know, I had no idea. But I was a little, you know, when you, I actually blame myself. That I actually thought that I brought that in. Because you had thought he was, that it was happening? Right. Mm -hmm. And. In in this, well, twelve is so young to lose a parent. And were you close to him? Um, no, I mean there was there was you know quite a few children in the family. There's about six of us, so I was you know kind of in the background. So um, there was a lot going on. I had older siblings, and they were went through their whole rebellious thing, and uh, a couple of them were hippies, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they created a lot of distraction. The first three, you know, created a lot of distraction in my household. And 
and I remember just like you know seeing them argue and you know cut your hair and you know those kind of conversations and so I just you know kind of stayed in the background and were you the baby I was the second to youngest and yeah. so when your papa passed did you have how did he did he show up in your dream life at all and if he did how how did that happen and what went on through through the dream communications i remember when he after he died i couldn't walk past the bedroom without feeling him looking at me mm. and which was fine but it was just kind of a weird thing and uh and oh another strange thing that that came up was i went to uh i was invited by the the lakota to go Sundance in South Dakota and I went out there as a dancer um you know as part of the ceremony mm -hmm. yes and of course we smoked a peace pipe and, you know went through the whole process and you know it's a very private ceremony so um I enjoyed that I'm not changing the subject but what was really weird is you, you get into vision when you're dancing dancing for you know a whole week Yes. The drums beating and it's very trance like. And so you're having this experience. And suddenly I see my father. And I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it was like he had this native spirit or something. It was really weird. It was kind of cool. Um, and, and it brought me back to a time where I remember watching television with him. And he, you know, here, here he is, you know, like this very Italian guy. And we're watching this like cowboy and Indian type of show. And I, I don't know how old I was. I was young. And I, you know, we were watching how the, the whole thing was playing out. And, he's, and he pointed out the native people and he said, you see them? He says, the, the, the Indians, he says, they're, they're good people. He said that they don't bother anyone. He said, they just want to take care of everything. He said, they're not, they make them look bad on television. Oh, it's giving me the chills yeah. in a in a good way. How how old were you when that happened? I'm trying to remember. I might have been between the age of six and eight or so. I was just you know watching television with him. But like it was, it was important for him to point out little things like that. Yeah. But because it was very specific, it's something that I remembered years later, and I thought. When I saw him at, at, at that Sundance, I was pretty shocked. But then I thought, no, maybe not. Maybe he had like a native spirit about him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's definitely a connection there. How old were you when you did the Sundance thing? Um, probably, it was probably about maybe 10 years ago. Oh, recently. Yeah, yeah. Oh had, wow! Had you ever taken any psychedelics before that? No, hmm. no, I because I was concerned I was already like that. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen to me if I took anything else? <laughs> and that is the the common answer we get from people who already switched on, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, yeah it's it's. I'm I'm curious how your perception changed afterwards. Or if that had any effect on you at all, other than maybe getting rid of some 
old shit. It did. It did. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's, um, elevating, you know, it's kind of freeing because the, the way our society is, is very rigid and, you know, everyone wants you to fit into your own little niche. And when you, when you're in a space like that, you're, you know, there's a liberating feeling and you can connect to the earth without apology. You don't have to be called, you know, that you're strange or weird or anything like that. It's, it's just, you know, you experience the oneness with the earth, you experience the oneness with people mm -hmm. collaborating and, and uh, sharing with people of a different culture, which you realize very quickly, they're not much different than you are. So, I mean, all of that is just like a really nice experience. And, um, and then you have to come home and <laughs> <laughs> you have to get on the highway and see everyone so stressed going to work and doing their nine to five. And, and I know there's, there's a better way and everyone knows that there's a better way, but we just need to kind of get through that. But yeah, that, that, that's what it did, did for me. I mean, more than anything, I don't really need the, the psychedelics. I mean, I feel like, um, if anything, I, I, I think I, got stoned one time i mean i have you know smoked pot i mean it's it doesn't count that's not a drug my puddle i think it was one of those edibles you know and i was like oh that's not a big deal i'm gonna have some of that and you were trashed they, they had something else in there and i was like i felt like i was in a box and i'm like i don't know who created this i said but i don't like this box <laughs> i don't want to be in here I said, I thought I was going to just like, you know, because I'm not like a big smoker. I mean, I think if I did it like once a year or something like that, it was fine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, I did, you know, of course, when I was younger, but not a whole lot still. But anyhow, it usually wasn't like that. You usually smoke, right? You feel good. Everything's nice. And you go to sleep. And in this occasion, I was like in this box. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know what it was. So I, I thought like if I do psychedelics or anything like that, if it's going to make me feel like I'm constrained in any way, I didn't want it. I mm. want it still, I like that freedom, the liberation, you know? I'm only asking this from a, for a curiosity reason. I'm just curious of how, so, okay. So if you look at a person who's not a psychic, right? And they take these drugs, they get this expanded awareness experience, like their consciousness opens up, right? That there's more out there than what's, they get this really interesting experience. I'm curious if the psychic experience is the same or if it's different. <laughs> and I, I really, what I really want to know is, is it a, is it a manufactured thing? You know, is it fake? That, that reality, is it just part of the program? And because you're psychic, you probably see through it or you're not allowed to go there, hence the box. I, I got angry about it, actually, because mm -hmm. I knew, I felt like it was manufactured. And um, especially the man-made stuff. Mm -hmm. I, it may even have some kind of nanotech or something in it that, that actually drives the experience as opposed to um, opening up to it, at least a plant has, has its own expression, right? The plant is actually bringing you into a place. That's why it's, it's kind of dangerous with like 
like heroin. Like <laughs> Technically, it's just a plant. I actually, you know, I had a few friends that lost it, children, or almost lost their children. We went and did a, a ceremony for, for the poppy plant. I said, please have, have compassion on humanity, whatever it is that you're angry about. Can you resolve that? Because so many people are addicted to it. And so, um, but it's, it's the, the plant does do something that will take you somewhere. Uh, according to some, uh, you know, I talked to someone who was Lyran and they said that marijuana was brought here from, from the Pleiades or Lyra. And probably the poppies were as well, you know. Um, and, and so the, these things that were even, even uh, coke, the cocaine plant. So, um, and, and, and this stuff, you know, shouldn't be abused. I mean, when the native people, the indigenous people use this stuff, they, they didn't just go haywire with, you know, they did it and they were, they had it controlled. So if, if you, you have a respect for some of that stuff, I mean, I'm not advocating people to do it, but I am saying that there's definitely a difference between that and LSD, I would say, because that's, the way that if a government's handing something out, trust me, it's for an agenda. And if they're saying that, that marijuana is legal, then maybe they're doing some stuff to it as well. So that, that crossed my mind also. They will eventually. It'll all have to go through a certain, you know, certification, right? Yeah, well, like the GMOs, you know, I mean, that's... That's coming next. There's going to be GMO weed. I think there already is a couple of patents patents whatever copyrights however they do it out there yeah yeah nothing's for free or there's no pass when it comes to the government they're all there's always a trade-off yeah they're all dicks yeah. there's a there's a lot of marijuana that's been altered out there right now and so and then anyone who smoked a very long time knows knows that just from having smoked a long time the weed of today is way different from the weed of the 70s and 80s and probably 60s. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. There's just, I mean, there's that whole joke about trying to find your way home sometimes, taking a hit off of modern day weed that's been altered. <laughs> like, we, you're so far out, you can't find your way home. That's what I, I'm talking about. That's exactly, that's that stuff. I don't know what it is. I love good old ditch weed. I'm I'm always gonna love it. It was it's just natural. It it I don't you know, we could talk weed all day though. Uh, so so I I want to get back to the dream fundamentals here. So let's let's just talk dreams, the dream mechanics, and get that all kind of knocked out. When you dream, and this is it. This is just really the totality of of your life at this point and where you are and um, how it's all evolved. What are the mechanics? How are, what's the architecture here? What does it look like? Smell, you know, do you have sensate stuff, smell, touch, feel? Is, you know, all the, are all the clairs involved, clairsentience and audience? Like what, what does the experience feel and look like and smell and taste like for you? Um, I have, you know, just like anyone, I have a variety of, you know, there's a few different types of dreams you can have, but the lucid ones are pretty powerful. I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, been on another planet or some other space before, and I remember um, being guided 
by uh, this being that was taking me. It looked like a mall on the inside and all of them were like bald headed and had these long uh, robes on. We were walking on this walkway and I don't see, I don't recall any sky, just like, um, like a ceiling of some sort it was all white and, but not like bright light, it was like a regular light and just kind of following him and, and acknowledging that, that he was there as my guide. And in the end, he, he gave me a kiss on the lips, like a quick kiss. I could feel it. I could hear him. I could see them. I saw the way that they looked at me. They knew I didn't belong there. I mean, the whole thing, and that was just a dream. It was a, a lucid dream, or it was a visitation. I, I don't know exactly what it was. And did you, had you experienced him, so you say he's a guide, so had you experienced him in that state before? No. That that only happened once. I, and when the kiss happened, were you, and this is when you're at a high state of lucidity, or did the kiss bring on the lucidity? I was already in a high state of lucidity because I was looking at their faces, looking at me like, what are you doing here? Like they knew I didn't belong there. And I was like wondering what our destination was and was completely thrown off but the kiss actually woke me up and then i recall you know had a recollection of the whole dream that's that's incredible when so let's talk lucidity for a minute what are the different states you how high of lucidity do you get do you get full on out of body stuff i've got little dogs going yeah. <laughs> they have a comment here. I got cats rubbing up against me, driving me insane. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying hello, Jessica. Uh, do you get to full on out of body with your lucidity? For me, uh, and so let me state, I see it as a sliding scale. And so the out of body experience is like the highest form of being lucid because it's you're out of body and you're obviously really inhabiting that moment. Yeah, it's almost as if you feel like um, that is your reality at the time. Um, my more recent dreams have been weird. I've been in these spaces that I don't want to be in, and it feels like um, controlled spaces, um, being observed type of thing. Can you describe those? Yeah, there's always these pe all different people, all different types of people. And they're in the same situation I'm in and we're trying to sort it out, but some of them I think are handlers. And um, I think that possibly because of the work I'm doing or whatever, but they're integrating into my sleep space. And I know I'm not the only one other people have been talking about it. And I feel like uh, it's, it's a control, it just feels like a controlled space room or a house of some sort and uh, they're observing. Is the control coming from our timeline, our dimension? Or are you uh, being pulled out of here into another space? It, it's really hard to tell. Hmm. It's really hard to tell. I mean, the my, even the my labs here, I mean, if, if you tell people there's a my lab there, they can go digging for it. They can try to look for the tunnel. They're not going to find it. But yeah, there'll, there'll be multiple stories of people remembering the same thing and thinking that it's that direction right there. So there, it's off dimension. It's yeah, like 
I think you have to be in a certain state, certain altered state to access that. Yeah, I have thoughts about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, under I completely understand, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I think that's, just, that's where we're at right now on the planet. It's out of phase, that's the way to put it. Out of phase, yeah. And, and usually they're, they're pulling you out through the astral. But it feels like you're there with your physical body. When you uh, have you ever experienced that silver cord uh, daily with your astral body? Yeah, I have. I don't recall exactly when, but I do remember. A lot of people that that we've talked to have have had that when they travel and they're afraid they can't go too far. You know, there's a it's restricting in a way, but it's also a way home. And I'm wondering if you if anyone has those in that space in that wherever you're at. You don't usually see them. I mean, I think a lot is hidden. So what you think that you're seeing isn't exactly what you're seeing. It's kind of like, um, you know, someone was describing to me a story about how, um, I think it was a movie or something, and, and you are, see the, your surroundings the way that they want you to see them, but actually it might be like, um, like a garage or something. Right. You know, or very um, structurally you know, kind of not could, finished. It could be a spaceship. It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. You don't really know, but you know that there's an overlay there. There's a, um, well, I forgot what my thought was now. Um, oh, the silver cord. So if you yourself had a silver cord and you remember it and you know where it was attached to you, right? If you ever find yourself lucid in one of those spaces, just remember, oh, I have my cord. And feel for it because it'll be there and you can pull yourself out of that space good advice that's a thought i just it just popped in my head so i yeah. uh, see i don't have the cord you do you probably just ignore it. it it's possible but it's it's something i've always kind of tried to look for again it's what jessica just said there's a bunch of stuff that it it could just be I'm not even seeing it, even though it's there. I, I know, wonder, though. I, know. I just want to mess with them as much as possible. What? <laughs> so these that are observing you, do you, what do they look like? Um, they look like regular people. But you know that there's something behind it. what what gives you the thought to to wonder that something's behind it that there's something not right about it when you're in that state it's uh, a feeling of that i i'm with people that i don't really feel like i want to be in their space um and if they're not regular people i i feel like they have uh, they're maybe trying to get into my head or uh, like they, they have me locked in, the, like I feel confined, you know, here again, it's that sort of can't get out of this room type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really a strange. Yeah, that I was just thinking the feeling of feeling trapped possibly. Yeah, and I don't think that they expect that I'll remember. This is the thing that, that has probably gotten me 
gotten them really aggravated with me is that I remember a lot of it. And a lot of people talk about how they don't remember. I remember a lot. And I usually try to write it down and share it because I want people to know what's going on, as opposed to some people are like, well, well don't talk about it. You know, it gets you in trouble. No, it gets me in more trouble. Get you in trouble with whom? Well, they could, they, they're like, well, they'll come after you. But I'm like, this is why I went public is because if, if you, you come right out and talk about it, then, then if anything happens to you, then, you know, you're public. Everyone knows that you're missing. So you stay very, um, very much out there and let people know what's going on. I did, I was informed that there was an incident a while back that I had to keep moving around because there was a certain group that, uh, and I'm not talking about ETs, I'm saying that there was a government group, I won't say who, but there was someone that, that had a problem with what I was doing. And so they asked me to keep moving around and, and I did that. So, I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing, but these are the same ones that are coming into the dream space. We're talking about, you know, programs and so forth. Are you doing energy work? Is that what's pissing them off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. But that's what I'm here for. That's, you know, that was my agreement coming to the planet in the first place. So that's what I do to fulfill my agreements. Um, I don't always make friends. And, so, and sometimes I make a lot of friends. It all depends on what's going on. But there are a lot of people that um, need help. And there's a lot of people on the earth that, you know, we need some shifts and changes. And there are a lot of invading species and things like that on the planet. That need to find their exit door so <laughs> like birds birds need to go <laughs> oh you don't like birds <laughs> not really ah uh, well depends on which ones okay i'll, I'll settle for mosquitoes oh jer <laughs> i don't like the mosquitoes so okay so in in the dreamscape is there architecture? So now I'm talking when I talk architecture, I'm talking about actual structures now uh, that is reoccurring or seems the same, even though it may not be the same, like a house that is your house, but it, it you know, is possibly different every time you see it, but it's still the feeling of this is my house. So this, this applies to cities, malls, and any kind of like architectural structural stuff going on in the dream time space when i was a child i i have no idea why but they would would transform my parents bedroom at night and bring me in there and different ones would be in there that was weird when you say different ones what do you mean i had visitors I had lots of visitors. What and so could you give us an idea of some of the visitors? Like as far as when you and it's coming from you, so I have I have to question this. Like, were you know were these Arcturians? I mean, was this were they human? Were they non-human? What what were they? Well, um, this is this is how I got involved with the ACIO the uh, alien contact information organization um they, they they contacted me 
or we started talking because they said that I was a part of what's called the numbers group. And I asked, what is the numbers group? And then it says, uh, we, I guess the council of fives is, um, has been around overseeing the planet prior to humanity. Uh, they have identified different ones that have come to visit. And so I was under the category of an unknown. So they gave me a number, number 12. And so um, this is, I don't know, the process of the ACIO, they know when I was born, where I was born, and they saw some activity, they checked it out. And so um, because they were not the only ones who saw that I came in, I guess, that, that others came to visit and uh, Someone by the uh, number 15, I guess, came to visit me when I was a young girl. She came in, she looked like a very, you know, like she was real human um, in physical form. I was listening to some records in the den, some, you know, uh, rock and roll music or something. And she walked in through the door. She had, she was wild eyed, big blue eyes, great, you know, curly hair and wanted to take me somewhere, was reaching out her hand to ask if I wanted to go with her. And so um, years later, I talked to Peter the Insider and he said, well, that was number 15, she was over you. And I said, what does that mean? Well, she was over all the, the numbers group and she was supposed to be controlling you in some way. And I, I said, well, I rebelled her. He says, well, that's why she's angry at you. So. Um, I don't know, it was conversations like that. I had others come in that would pick me up as, as a little girl and would talk to me. And I think that they were um, a, a group of 12 deep Pleiadians. And they would come, <clears throat> come in and they were, they were like a couple different men. Sometimes they were wearing hats. Sometimes they had like, you know, I don't know, unusual looking eyes like eyes were sparkly, you know, kind of like different. And I just remember like I'd, I'd go in the next morning and look in my parents' bedroom and it's like, it looks normal. And, you know, and then I have these memories of, of like this weird transformation happening. So, um, yeah, it's regarding having a space that keeps changing for whatever reason that that happened. But I guess that was part of the reason why they were coming in and and they were like altering things. They were doing things. They were um, manipulating, affecting you know my timeline, whatever I was supposed to do here. So yeah, it was it was weird. That was a lot of weird stuff that I, of course, couldn't talk to anyone until I got older. Did and so in all this too. Okay, first of all, is it possible that you're Rh negative? No, I'm not. Okay. And in all this, did you, were you ever experiencing and do you ever experience sleep paralysis? Um, I did on a few occasions. Uh, I've been attacked in my sleep uh, where something grabbed me from behind. You know, just imagine this. Someone physically grabbing you from behind has had you in like a lock hold and you can't see them. It's like the invisible man or something. It's really weird, really weird and frightening 
uh, situation. That's scary. And so, and I don't know if it's scary because it's like a, a, a sensory thing. Like if something's holding on to you, you need to be seeing them. Or, you know, just the idea that someone was trying to do something and you're like half asleep or half awake and you feel that. So that kind of thing has happened to me a few times. Where that they, uh, and, and it happened to me when I was younger too. Uh, well, I want to say in my early 20s that um, like a few different things happened to me in that space as well. With it, physically feeling someone there, but they're not, you can't see them. How, and how do you work your way out of those situations in general? Um, and what's in, and you know, what happens is you, it's that trying to scream, but knowing you can't. Yes. It's a bit terrifying. It is, you know, and you probably like swearing, you know, like in your mind, you're like, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> you know, like, just get away from me. And, uh, you know, just trying to break free of it. And finally they, they do it, it, but it's, it's probably happened a handful of times, but it's, it's memorable. I mean, you never forget anything like that. That one's a weird one. And so also in this, in this experience of, of the dreamscape, do you have, are you able to, so I'm assuming you are at higher levels of lucidity, but in general, do in your general dreams, do you find that you're able to fly or have uh, abilities you are more constrained with here in what we consider waking life? Yeah, I mean, I, not just in my dreams, but I have, I have day vision. Ooh, tell us about those. That, that's been going on since I was a child as well. It's almost like I can go to a whole different place. And, you know, that's where I, I do my readings for people where they ask me to, you know, do a session with them and we have a discussion and um, they'll, they'll ask me to, you know, tell them something about themselves and I can literally go to that place and observe it and watch them maybe in another lifetime or whatever. It's almost like I can, it's like a, a movie to watch the movie and i know you know what's going on around me with it like a it's like an inner scene and um that opened up probably very very uh well i i was experiencing it a bit when i was a child and it freaked me out because i closed my eyes and i start seeing like whole story you know all these things turn out to be away um but then it really opened up I want to say probably about 15 years ago, I was walking down the street and uh, um, uh, it was like a movie opened up in my third eye and I started seeing myself getting killed down south somewhere as a life down south. And I, I, I started crying. I thought I'm losing my mind. What's, what's happening to me? You know, you, you get scared because it's like, you know, you already feel like a little bit on edge because you know you're, you're somewhat psychic. You don't want to be different. You don't want to be pointed out. And then uh, something like this happens. And then you think, oh, this is it. You know, <laughs> it's all over for me. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, but then, you know, since then I realized that it, it's an ability that I can see um, it was past life, Akashic records, 
and um, so the, the uh, visions happen. I can uh, remote view, but I'm careful about remote viewing because sometimes there's someone waiting on the other end looking as well. Dangerous. A lot of people don't realize that about remote viewing. Yeah, I I love the stories Jason Glitt talks about with that stuff. When when you encounter someone, so for example, with the remote viewing, when you you get to your location, you encounter that you're being observed, having just shown up. How does that usually play out for you? Um, sometimes they'll threaten you. They'll threaten you, and uh, they uh, what people don't realize is they can come back and they can mess with your life and your timeline. So you think that, you know, it's just that one shot that they have. But um, I remember I was, a friend of mine said that he was abducted and I actually did, it was a, a show that I did with Jimmy. And he said, you wanna take a look at it? He goes, this, it happened in this year. And so I started to look into it and I saw what looked like a Nazi ship. And, I, and then he said, uh, is it Mandela? And I looked and I'm like, oh yeah, I think it is. And in like one second, I saw him go down into my, my past. He messed with my childhood and came back and like that, in like a second. And I said, I'm screwed. <laughs> I said, I just, I said, I can't believe this. It happened that quick. That's alarming. How did you, so you get back from that. How do you go and try and protect yourself or clean that up? Well, it's, it's something that already happened. Right. And so you can't pinpoint exactly what it is. At that moment, I knew that he went in and messed around, got me into a my lab and they did experiments on me, which I do have confirmation from Peter on that one. Mm -hmm. and in memories too um and so you know i just now i know know how they accessed it it was me observing him at that moment but that but that came after your experiences with my lab but did it well, this see that's i can see how this works well, i no, see it i want to bring it back to a discussion she and i were having before the show about a time loop are you yourself in a time loop now it could be, mm. it could, yeah. And, and that's exactly what um, Duncan Cameron said to me uh, in, after he had passed, that we're the people that were in the secret space program are in and should try to get out of the time loop because they're perpetuating these things, yeah. And I'm sure at one point they're gonna be shut down. Absolutely, absolutely. They can't perpetuate it. Because the more we talk about it, the more we reveal it, and the more people will be free of it. But meanwhile, I mean, look at the pain that a lot of people have had to go through and how, how they target children. I mean, uh, according to uh, the ACIO, it starts at the age of three for some people. That's, that's really young, and that's a horrific thing. Those are my first memories. It's like three to six. the age of three. Yeah, are like the, the most interfaceable with the child mm -hmm. they get the best brain control from that that age yeah thank you dr mangalo yeah yeah but if they by shutting it down though it, it, there's so much causality involved here 
I mean, where does it unravel? Right. And, and <laughs> how much of our future has already been affected? Yeah. That could, have, it, you know, yeah. So, I mean, we could, we could just get, have our minds in a tangle just thinking about this. So they go and affect it. I mean, it makes me think of fringe immediately, of course. It is all, this is fringe. I mean, this yes. Is here. <laughs> they get all their storylines from us but they never give us money <laughs> we struggle right oh of course that's the name of the game but maybe our stories are just in the cloud and they got them too yeah no they, they take it from us i know they do i, I know I, I know that's true too yeah i've talked about stuff and then uh, you know a couple months later i see a movie and i'm like there's no way they even have names and everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is astonishing to me sometimes how the synchronicity of things that you know or have talked about come out simultaneously or, you know, or you're just a little bit before and it comes out like this. I've just experienced this myself. I have experienced this myself. It's un that whole. It, I mean, that's truly the nature of uncanny. Uh, I'm wondering. So, as we're talking about all this, I can't help but wondering, with you in particular, Jessica, how do you hone in on like a pinpoint? And when I say pinpoint, I really do mean with blinders on, because if we're pinpointing something. We, we're not looking in the periphery, right? We're, we're honed in on one dot, one spot. How do you hone consciousness in to know where you are at any given, in any given time? So what's a dream? What's reality? What is, you know, you accessing other realities? How do you function within all of this as, as Jessica? It, it's it's kind of you know I've actually been complimented by some people that they say how is it that a lot of seers um, kind of have like their life is a mess and you seem to handle it very easily and I said I, I don't know I mean I not easily completely but it's it's understanding and management of what's coming through um, I try to have a notepad with me because you have to do your day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, I understand when I'm working that I'm kind of in that mode and, and I'm helping people. And then, um, but there are times when I can just like be completely liberated and, you know, talking to someone, laughing, everything's fine. And then out of nowhere, yeah, something, information comes through. And it's like pertinent information that's, that's here to help somebody or for help you know, the planet or something like that. So, you know, you, it's a natural juggling. I also understand that there's a different feeling and a knowing regarding certain. So um, uh, when I am, um, it depends on who I'm communicating with, what I'm communicating about. If I'm working with someone, sometimes I'll get dates, time, uh, names, and uh, other times, like, you know, I'll just, it would just be visions. And then I have to, you know, ask, what, what is that? You know, what, what is it that I'm seeing? What am I looking at? And to get more information. And then um, if someone is 
sort of looking in my space, you know, remote viewing in my space, I might see them too, or something's looking in my space and, you know, kind of you try not to ignore those things either. So if, and, and if you're um, sensitive, feeling the things that are around you as well. So there's a lot of things happening at once. I have been called a bit of a daydreamer. I think people didn't realize what I was experiencing. I didn't fully realize. I thought my experience was common, especially growing up. So I, I didn't think it was any big deal. And it wasn't until later that I realized that I was sort of multitasking in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's why it's the funny part about that, you know, our perspective too, is we always think it's as young people, I think it's the norm. And then we get out and realize it's, you know, how big the world is and small at the same time. So what about, so I'm, I'm interested in, and I had this written down and I kind of, I wanted to get here before it got too late in the show. Have you had dreams recently, or maybe I should phrase this this way. What have your dreams recently been of this timeline we're on and what, say, the next 22 months might look like? Do you have precognitive stuff happen in your dreams? And if so, give us, a, give us some insight. Um. You think of the, the things that's happening right now. It's it's some of the the my lab stuff is is trying to uh, reveal, like people are starting to find out more things that are happening to them. Uh, there's also a breakdown in some of the uh, the Earth systems, so the powers that have been running the planet. Uh, somewhere um, I got this uh, feedback from a few different people of feeling suicidal and I say that there are certain beings on the planet that are broadcasters so they broadcast typically you know um, to persuade the planet and, and I know this sounds like really weird but um, they're not necessarily God they create like a voice of God type of environment or ai or projection or does it come from the moon no they're here on the planet okay. and uh, you know like old beings that are they're able to um you know kind of like illuminati type of you know beings or whatever you know because they're not like old dried up lizards who live underground <laughs> something like that um i but think that they're starting to the skexies <laughs> yeah that's what was dark crystal yeah are they in this physical reality? Or are they in those out of phase ones? Or I think both. They can do both. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Shapeshifter. I, I catch a few of them. Sometimes they look like old men. You know, and there's also the fifth right. They look like old, old men. But, you know, as, as Peter says, um, they're the third right, but matured, older. Peter? Who's Peter? They're the insider. Oh, okay. Right. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, so um, sometimes I'll see them, uh, and but there's there's one of them is not doing well, and so uh, thoughts of suicide. I, I I just want people to know that if they're having these little thoughts of suicide, it could be a broadcast, and uh, not that it's their own thoughts. 
are these those like i don't like the uh i don't know what they were called like um there was only a limited number of them like 20 or 13 or something and they're like the mother called mothers and they have different areas of expertise like that's a different group of people right there's yeah there's a lot of different groups like that but there is yeah i've heard of there's a mother hierarchy yeah kind of weird um i call one of them is like esmeralda or, there was <laughs> a crazy story on i think it was creepypasta or reddit i don't remember about um a woman who called herself mother you know she was one of those people at cern <laughs> yeah yeah they take on the role it's almost like a you know, and, and there's also a fake Gaia too. Is there's an AI Gaia that wears a red, red dress. I've seen her a few times. Almost dresses like he's uh, British with a red hat. It's crazy. I, I could hear her clearly, and I'm like, what, "What?" I wouldn't be surprised if they were all AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At this point, especially or what? Not you know, non-human intelligence. AI is such a loaded term. Yeah, yeah, and. It Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I mean, I was just today listening to your latest show. And so the Esmeralda and Gaia stuff you're talking about, and you know, I just didn't want that show to end, uh, that I'm intrigued by that aspect of their reptilians under this guise. Yeah, well, there's, there's reptilians. Each species, um, like the greys, uh, the 12D Pleiadian. Uh, I know people, some people are like so bought into the Pleiadians, they can't imagine that they're negative. Um, and uh, there's, um, of course, reptilians, and there's other, there's, there's mantids. They, they all sort of have their like hierarchy and also kind of this mother sort of image. And so, or, you know, matriarch, patriarch type of thing. And they do communicate to different people, different places. And, I, you know, personally, I don't like to, you know, I've had, I bumped into some of these beings. And plus there's this, this hierarchy of these angels too. And, um, and some of them are, are helpful. Some of them are just like they try to, uh, they're more menacing. They can give you a hard time or whatever. And so, and, and they sometimes will shape shift as male or female and do all sorts of crazy stuff. This is a perfect time for my new catchphrase. Everything is demons. It's all demons. <laughs> Jerry, are they accessing? So in context to, to dreaming, how do, how do these beings affect us through the dream portal? And, and so I, I'm specifically asking this about, say, the, the person that is not aware or doesn't give any credence to any of this other stuff and so your normal joe getting up going to work doing all the slave i'm, I'm sorry doing all the daily stuff and uh i don't i mean we all have we're all in this together so i don't want to no no it's, it's it's a tough ride i don't I, yeah i mean we are all in this together so but the normal person that's just on the grind doing the grind every day that doesn't pay attention to any of this stuff are these beings interacting with them through the dream portal they are they are it's, what's what happened is is they have integrated 
and invaded our um, astral space. That's the problem. Plus, uh, the advanced corporations are really projecting the AI to, to pursue that their their agendas. So we have we're we're getting bombarded, and and then there are people that are sleeping with the TV on, which we know are you know subliminals, lots of subliminals, and you know trying to control, manipulate, and integrate into thinking. And so it's like, um, can we be clear of it? I think that they're trying to clear a lot of what's in the astral space because that's what's kind of coming in and hijacking, manipulating, and uh, altering uh, dreams. Because some of the dreams are, you know, have been weird. Um, and some of those beings have been removed. And but we could still probably remove a few more from the astral space. But uh, yeah, they're, everyone's getting affected by it, but how they're, they're dealing with it is ignoring it, maybe um, having a beer, uh, maybe you know, trying to just think it's their crazy imagination, um, keeping their minds occupied with work or, or some other activities. But, uh, you know, and also um, hearing what you think it's your thought. I had people come to me and say that they had, you know, thoughts of doing this or that, and, and they felt like a resistance to it, thinking that it was their own thoughts, and it wasn't, um, this, whether it's scalar or something going on where, you know, uh, you know, I tell people to shut down, delete, uninstall, you know, remove any, you know, do not allow, you know, you don't consent, trying to do all those revocations, everything you can maintain your sovereignty in this space as much as possible, especially with this big launching of 5G. And we know if they're bragging about 5G, then they already have even more stuff going on. So, in satellites. 6G. Yeah, yeah. And, and not to mention what else that they're doing. I mean, that whole social credit system over in China is a big issue. There's one it's, here too. <laughs> it's here. It's been underpinned here for quite a while and it's slowly rolling out. It started years ago with the FICO score and this, the yeah. social media is just an expansion of that and they're using it uh, for new people coming into the country for immigrants have to report oh, all the yeah. social media stuff. Well, on aggregate sites like My Life where people can go in and rate you and all that. But it, so do you have any any tools to give people that may be stumbling upon this and and started that are questioning things that are happening say in their dream you know a lot of this starts in your dreams and they're questioning the dreams they're having recently that might seem odd or alarming or just a strange synchronicity synchronistic events that are starting to line up numbers and all that do you have tools to give people uh, to help deal with this kind of energy and these, at least the, I guess, negative energies. I think people that are just, you know, dealing with the day-to-day -day, um, challenges. I mean, I, I recommend, you know, staying, staying in a, a doing uh, some point of meditation, even a couple minutes a day to ask for clearing, to ask for protection. Um, it is it is a physical exterior uh, invasion that, that we're dealing with but you can also um, if you feel like it actually gets into your thinking you want to shut it down 
you know, shut down, delete, uninstall. Like I said, you know, using using your word. Your words are very, very powerful. Say it out loud that you don't consent to this and that you don't want, you know, if you feel like the thinking, the thoughts that are, that are coming into your, your, your thought process that don't feel organic, you want to shut it down, maintain your sovereignty, say that they're violating your sovereignty. And, and there is a higher um, a being, a higher knowing, uh, our higher selves and others that are here to help protect us during this time if we um, ask for that assistance uh, because of, of this invasion, we're gonna ask to shut it down to our planet to um, maintain our sovereignty because it's a violation of our space. We, we never consented to anything that's being thrust upon us. And just because someone's in rulership doesn't mean that they have the right to override the free will of humanity. No being throughout the galaxy, the universe has a right to override the free will of, of uh, the human uh, experience. And the humans, this is our this is our domain on the planet, and anything else is invasive. But we do have a right to stand up for it. We just have to use our use our voice and have our own power. And if something is out of control, I welcome people to come and do a private session like this. We can work on if if. Uh, feel that something is really integrated or you're having like extraordinary, really odd dreams or whatever, and you want to stop it. I have had people um, complain about like really bizarre sex dreams where they're kind of having sex with something that they don't want to have sex with, you know, that kind of like weird stuff too. So um, yeah, it's, it's, I do have the tools on my YouTube channel and I talk about them all the time. And um, uh, but yeah, if some some people just goes overboard, so they you know it's more than they can manage in that book context. What do you think? Okay, so let's let's enter into the death conversation, and uh, and see see how how does that connect into all of this? You know, as I see it, it's that it's this it's the circling of the line, right? It's like birth and death are the same thing. And uh, how do you see, first of all, what is death in your perception of it? And how does it play into everything that we're experiencing from dreams to waking reality to dealing with this invasion of, that we're, this invasion that's going on that we've been talking about in this conversation? Um. Death and life, there's there's really not much difference other than the, the departure of the body. So um, if your reality here is reflective of what's, what happens in the afterlife, if you are refusing to look at things, refusing to see the truth of what you know and what you experience, then you're going to feel lost in the afterlife. And so it's, it's really good to open up your eyes. And you don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to agree with me. And just find your own truth. Find something that's meaningful to you, that has purpose. You're supposed to be here in, in the moment now, experiencing life um, and being, having the experience of love and caring about something. So, you know, and, and we, a lot of people are angry. And I tell people there's a lot. There are many reasons 
for us to be angry right now um, because of, you know, like feeling your space is innovated and, and um, things don't seem to be just in a lot of different ways. But finding ways to release that stress, release that emotion and, and understand that it's part of the journey to go into the afterlife and also part of the journey to return it back again. Some people don't want to return back again. If you understand, even in these challenging times, that there is something valuable. There are people like we're talking right now. I'm enjoying this very much. And those that are listening, I'm enjoying it. I appreciate being here. Um, so it's being in this moment, in the little moments of time that you're experiencing that you can enjoy and embrace something that you really appreciate and experience. You take that with you. The soul is immortal. So everyone says, we want immortality. Well, we are, our soul is, is transcendent, it's immortal. And so it's a step into the afterlife. And religions are man-made. If you don't have a heart connection to something, then you know it's going to reflect in the afterlife. Find what you love, find your connection, find the, the deeper connection within yourself spend a little time meditating. And when you get to a point where you understand that it's just the next step and it is, um, there's no fear in the afterlife. The afterlife is another experience. I agree. It constantly, I don't, we don't die. We are immortal. And this is, this is at the heart of so much for for, I mean, we do see this in in the mystery schools and in religions that it is there. And for me, it's literally how I view my world in general. And so I the short things, the short term things seem so small in the end when you're looking at it like that. And that this this particular ride we're on is is just that it's a ride. For people that are, how do I put this? So how how do you come in contact with the idea of manipulated DNA? So for people that are waking into the possibility that they are more than homo sapiens sapien, right? With the, the so-called junk DNA how does that all play out and how can you parse you, know, you always hear everyone want to say they're pleiadian it seems to be the number one thing and i think it's because they seem the most human-like in a way i'm not sure but i do notice it does seem to be the, the one everyone most people claim how do you know what you may be and it seems to me at this point we are the et somehow yeah i th i think that that we have had um because of our our connection and uh there's there's so much et activity on the planet as opposed to maybe you know i, I mean I, I don't know how many years it's been going on probably from the beginning um they've been like you know some of them are posing as god so forth but as long as they've been around, they're interacting with humans and um, creating uh, various levels of hybridization. 
so you do see a, a varying of, of different cultures, different people, and um, Asians with ability. Uh, I was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> yeah, like like in Russia, you see these gifted kids. Mm -hmm. That's not an accident. Um, it's been my understanding that this this hybridization process is done in a, an etheric state or in a at, an etheric, a different layer of reality at an energetic level. You know what I mean? And that manipulation of the DNA at that level, because the DNA, from what I've researched, has an energy body, essentially. And that's what's manipulated by these hybridizers, for lack of a better term, um, where they'll merge pieces of, quote-unquote, alien DNA into human DNA in that energetic body, and that's what filters down and presents the, the physical form. And a lot of people get, you know, they see little, like, shots marks and stuff mm -hmm. enhance the the supercoders base program and, you, know, you see that there's a little things like that happening from my labs whatever and we don't know what, what's in those injections true and those could even be self uh induced self-created if you have the experience in your mind you can uh, manifest changes to your physical form sure people can yeah. I'm not saying it's all that. And that was more of a question about the energetic DNA thing. Yeah, we're actually, you know, we don't know exactly what's going in our food either, too. And no. These, um, it's all nanobots. Enhanced, um, uh, you know, ath athletes are using stuff. You know, they're more enhanced. Than There's a shitload of uh, uh, SSRIs in the drinking water. It's by default now. From everybody pissing it out <laughs> they can't it's no water refineries really filter for that stuff unless you buy bottled water so yeah it's awesome yeah so there's there's a lot um i know that uh some people are talking about hybrid children and stuff like that but they don't consider that they're actually getting altered mr Klein. and you can see that there's i've seen some people have you know have had alterations see that on the change depending on where they're going astrally or if they take on therapy or mm. whatever and then suddenly they stick a little different um well that's aside from clones like that too <laughs> clones that's a whole other subject i know we don't I, I, there's so much to talk about you know when you get on these these subjects um, oh i know Sorry, Nish. Well, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I was listening. I'm fascinated had, by had all this. I had a follow-up with the afterlife you were talking about, actually. Oh, go on, Jerry. So um, I don't remember who I heard talking about this, but they, they were explaining that essentially the first, the first bit of the afterlife is in part of astral space, in part of that space, right? That dimension, whatever that is. And it's almost like a, a waypoint before you go to your next destination or whatever. And in, in that space is where you're likely to be tricked by entities. Um, the false light syndrome, you know, they'll appear as your loved ones who are dead. Oh, come with me, you know, and plus all the media programming, you know, going to the light. It's a big deal. So 
Is there any truth to that? Is that true in your experience? I similar. Uh, yeah. I believe I believe that there are some that that are that are doing that, but I don't like when I'm working with um, souls that have passed over. I feel like they're going in the right hand. So I'm not 100% sold on that that theory. I know it uh, probably will surprise me. Um, however, I did have I do have a memory of something that bothered me a lot. That was I had a memory of of dying and then going into the space where I was literally on a spacecraft and in in like a, a holding cell, some sort of filled with water or some kind of liquid, maybe the plasma. I don't know. I had and, and I could feel it. This is the whole thing. It was very lucid, and they had this probe stuck into my brain, the top of my head. I could feel it. It hurt, and I had an awareness, and I, I could look around in the space. It was all like metallic, uh, very shiny metallic on the inside, uh, like a like a brushed metal or something. Um, and then there was this like red button. It was like a really weird red button. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I hear them in this like clear, like kind of, it looks like this something that you see in an aquarium, you know? And I'm laying there and this being came over to me and he had like this heart-shaped head, you know, like an ET, large head, but like the two lobes separated like that, right? And he's looking at me and then the other one stands next to me and this, this one's the problem. He's going to remember like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's actually a scene from People of Earth, the TV show. I said this years ago before that show even appeared. No, I'm just yeah. saying that, that that is an exact scene. The dude even has, uh, show you a picture of it. Yeah, I, I, know. I I've never watched that show. Oh, it's they great. They make them look like they're nice guys. Let me tell you no, that. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess they're called the Arbon, those ones. It's like their brain is separated in a way, right, on the top. So the one says that to me, looking at me, says it to the other one next to them. They're both in lab coats. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, only their eyes are smaller. There's only one of those guys. Yeah, it was more like that guy right there, the green face with the head on top like that. Like but, Marbo. That's like Marbo from Futurama. I, I will destroy you. <laughs> so it, it was, it was very intimidating. And he says, you know, this one's going to remember. And then uh, the other one, all of a sudden I heard this, this scream like you wouldn't believe. And they both left. I reached up and pulled that thing out of my head. And then it was like I hit something when I did that. And then the bottom of the tank opened up and I dropped out of it. A bunch of others dropped out of it. We landed in the ocean. It was like some kind of like a tripod or, or a four-legged kind of uh, spacecraft. And it started to like it was like it was invisible and then it started to appear like somehow the electronics or something went off when i did that and a bunch of us were swimming to shore 
and there were these like simian looking creatures that were called elders or something like that. It was really weird. They were welcoming us. And I'm like, what in the world was this? You know, it was like in some strange reality, but it was like um, in the afterlife. I knew it was part of an afterlife experience. Like that, they had brought us, they had uh, abducted us while we were in the afterlife. All right, can I add what? And I'm going to put another bit of crazy on. No, it. no, that's enough. Crazy. No, no keep Please going. going. Keep Don't stop. Way, keep going. All right, we're going to add a little more crazy to this. Guess who was who on that, that uh, in that spacecraft was um, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Napoleon, uh, all like those crazy leaders. And what I realized afterwards is that they were torturing. I could hear them screaming in the background. They were torturing them in the afterlife. So when they came in, they became, were completely desensitized before they incarnated. So they were manufacturing these um, insane villains. Psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was done with the intent of that was done like with this almost idea of predestiny for them, right? Yeah, like, like they were planning on, you know, um, pretty much controlling the planet in a way mm -hmm. through trauma. What are your thoughts? And this is this is kind of. What are your thoughts on the this is this is funny to all of us that are already disclosures already happen and all that, but this in the public eye and in the public domain with all of this now rolling out of uh extraterrestrial disclosure that's now hitting all the major papers all all the all, Jerry, that's hitting everywhere, and now it's a mainstream thing where it's you know you've got newscasters talking about it, and Washington Post and New York Times. What's going on with all that, Jessica? The the powers, like I said, the powers that were really monitoring and controlling us, that were projecting or. Um, to have this this voice of God, they're they're losing power. You want to call them Illuminati. You want to call them. Some of them are losing their grip. And like I said, you know, they're they're projecting this this uh, suicidal feeling because I think they're they're feeling like they want to get out because of the pressure we're sending back to them. And so um, apparently they can't too. They can't leave. No. Nope. No, not not the way they want to. No, I mean, and they, they dug a hole, they're gonna have to figure it out. Because I mean, and after they thought that they were gonna just like kind of have this, uh, is this their fun playground here. And it's not working out well for them, a lot of them. And so um, <clears throat> anyhow, they, they uh, it's by them losing power, it allows the truth reveal more um, because they also create these overlays 
an illusion. So when people start talking about the truth, they say, you know, oh, you're an idiot or what's wrong with you or be talking about there's no proof in that. And, and even when it's right in front of their face, they can't see it. Those, those illusions are stripping away little by little. And so people are starting to see um, more and more and more people awaken to it. Do, do you think any of these um, result in changes to history? Yeah, we have more than one timeline. Yeah, and well, Andronicus told me that we should be holding on to the highest intention for humanity. We don't have to accept the timeline that they created for us. We can create our own timeline and that we should hold on to it and not accept anything less. And that's, you know, the benefit for all of us, not just for, you know, a small handful of people that, that are elite or anything like that, you know, that think they're going to have a nice little escape plan and go off to Mars and have their own fun little place. Elon Musk talked about, um, you know, sorry, Elon, but, you know, the, the world doesn't evolve around you. I know someone, no one ever told you that yet, but uh, <laughs> there's more of us here. And, and, and the Georgia Guidestones also has their little plan of who they decide should stay and who should go. And, you know, all, all of them have their own little plans, but, you know, there's a divine, there's a divine knowing, you know, and all of us have, have this purpose and, and beautiful something to add to the planet we're all we all have value there's no one greater than the other so uh, who's to say we, we decide whether we leave or, or not and so um yeah the future is ours we want it cool um sorry i was i was kind of i was kind of poking around to see if you thought maybe that the the um, these these controllers losing their grip could result in a mandela effects people are saying or changes to the narrative, just like overnight, things like that. Well, what happened was is someone did, you know, the, the monarch did get into our timelines. Um, and of course, you know, CERN, they're messing around with the, the potentials of what's supposed to happen. And they're doing that where, where the timelines were all messed up. And so that's why it was hard for people to predict things. Because if, if you know that something's supposed to happen on this timeline and it's visible, and, but they, they uh, kind of uh, threw a wrench in all of it. And so then it became extremely unpredictable. And also the Mandela effect and other anomalies happened and because of that. Like there's, there's an adjustment to try to resolve that. And that's the information based at all. What? So what, they're actively trying to correct that now, or do they just throw their hands up and say, it's fucked, we're done? <laughs> As Peter would say, this is crazy. This is next level shit. You know, this is, it is. It's scary as hell, because think about it. What, you know, where there is somewhat uh, predictability, and then suddenly, you know, things have a, a certain level of chaos, which is, is kind of, you know, um, uh, disturbing because it's hard, hard to figure what could happen to be there to make sure it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like a traffic thing or anything like that, uh, a natural occurrence, 
explosion, something, you know, you kind of want to have a handle on, on stuff. And so just because Monarch and some of the corporations have no regard, they think everything's a joke. They think they have Fairchild. Fairchild and like Rand and Fairchild and yeah. Yeah, the Monarch Solutions, um, you know, and there's a lot of disclosure on on some of the stuff in, in Mobius. Also, uh, this is that uh, steampunk group came up from the 1800s found time travel and had been just having a lot of fun creating stuff and not to our advantage, but to theirs. They love being celebrities. And also they're the ones that introduce futuristic androids into our reality, which confuses confuses things even more futuristic androids did you say android yeah like the ones on cnn <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. yeah well they obey okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i talked to a build collector today and uh sounded very much like i tried everything <laughs> or whatever and it wasn't a lot of money it was you know should never answer collector calls. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if they can't contact you, they can't hurt you. Once you talk to them, it's game over. Yeah, I mean, it was something I had, I really wanted to take care of, but it was really interesting. The person answering the phone was, yeah, semi-human. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't normal. It was a demon. No. It was a de everything's demon. Everything's a demon. <laughs> so, Jessica, this this is this is kind of like the heart of what I was asking earlier. Do you, it, in your channeling with some of the races, are there plans to reveal themselves to the public anytime soon to just be out in the open for the masses to see an encounter other than interdimensionally or through, uh, you know, like tangible like this? where we get to see and interact in what this apparently is as tangible. Um, I have wondered if Andronicus was going to show up. I mean, there's been times when I, because he has been on the planet and uh, he has, he's been here at all different time periods. Um, he wrote the, the Voynich Man Manuscript, the one that you know, people are really curious about. And you know. I have that right here. <laughs> so, you know, and he's, what does it all mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's botany. And I mean, he was, he's a botanist, right? So he, he um, you know, takes plants from different planets and then, then they, they, you know, kind of, re, you know, replant and, and do all sorts of stuff. So he, he does a lot of different things. And I laughed about it because I said, look at all the naked women in there. I mean, that's totally him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds more like Midas, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, but he's been here physically. You wouldn't know. Um, would he show up like a messiah? Something like, no, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, not necessarily in a messianic way, but just say, it, like the proverbial image of, of some of craft that lands in a very public available space so that nobody will question anymore the validity of all of this. That for once once and for all, one of these races reveals itself as real and tangible. 
And do they even have crafts? I mean, well, but I, I'm just using it as an example, like the, the you know the proverbial thing when one lands on the White House lawn. Like, is there going to be one of those kinds of events where, where what even the nefarious ones or the ones that are less favorable towards our free will here, apparent free will, uh, is there going to be any revealing? That's what I'm wondering. Have you had any information on that? Well, I mean, I, I think that's um, the government definitely wants to hide that. I think we have to, I, as far as my discussion with Andronicus, um, I haven't heard anything about him doing that anytime soon. I think uh, a lot of the stuff has to change from the planet in order for even like the Andromedans to in and, and spend time with humans and uh, to teach some things or you know that kind of understanding. I mean, anything like that happened, it has happened in our history. So, but for whatever reason, you know, there's this level of uh, let's make believe not here. I mean, we do have spacecraft that are landing in different places. The stuff that happened in Area 51 is, isn't an isolated situation, but you think so, by the way, that he addresses it or, or the historians address it. Yeah, I, you just reminded me. I, too, I heard, I don't remember yesterday or the day before, someone was talking about Area 51 is actually a multidimensional facility. That there are other dimensions that can be accessed from inside that take you to different technological areas. I think oh. I, I just heard that too, Jer. Yeah. And I, mean, I can't really remember if I get my information from my dreams or stuff I watch on YouTube. No, I think so. <laughs> I think that must have been something we both heard. Like probably. Was talking about. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I well, believe, I believe. well, I mean, for most of us out here, we see the stuff I have personally encountered. You know, like for those of us experiencing it and and seeing, it's. We know this, but it's again. I'm talking about like the average person who who may or may not be, I guess, what people are calling NPCs now. I don't know. Uh, they want this watershed moment of, you know, Mars attacks, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Because, but that would be devastating. It would be devastating, and and as. Jessica was just saying, as we know, that there's sightings every day. There's credible stuff all over all the time. And that's not digging into the past archives. That's just stuff happening now. They want recorded. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering. When is the time point in which, you know, it's just we're in Futurama world? When, when uh, these... The, the controllers, I'm not just talking about our government, is, is these beings, because they want us to stay asleep. As soon as we start seeing crafts, things like that, then we awake. And you know, when we start to remember who we are and, and it's all a part of the plan to keep us asleep and, and keep us in, in uh, the slave system of, of you, know, um, you know, the elite, and then uh, those that are barely getting by. So it, it all works hand in hand. So if you have something like that happen, then it becomes more liberating. Yeah. You know, we have to um, uh, continue to uh, express our 
uh, desire to be liberated from these beings like that are holding us in a very strange space. You know, free of it. So with that said, how tangible is reality? I mean, are we dreaming now and we're just having a high occurrence of lucidity? Are we sleeping somewhere? Are we, is our, is our real essence in stasis somewhere? And stasis what? pods on the moon? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, is it possible that we're dreaming right now? What's reality? I know this is what I'm saying. It's the big question. Who's to say what is real and what isn't? Yeah. When, you know, here I can be sitting in my living room and then I could be visiting on some planet in my dream space or I could be um, in another country walking down the street. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I mean, what, what is real? Not all of it's real, but there's a different, we, we, can, we need to categorize it. The problem is science is trying to restrict our, our belief system and tell us that, you know, this, you know, this duality teaching of Zoroastrianism that, that you know, everything's good or bad, um, or the, the teachings of some of the religions, um, you know, how we need to know our place in regard to how we call ourselves and name ourselves and, and our practices, beliefs, and all this other stuff. Instead, you know, we're, we're ignoring some of these basic things of, of our understanding of reality. And it's, it's uh, prohibiting us and they're defining things for us. And then if we talk outside of their, their definition, then we're crazy. But what is this? What is a scientist? What is an entrepreneur? Someone that thinks outside of the box. But if we do that regarding spirituality, then it's fanaticism. But that's archaic, isn't it? So, you know, we, we need to embrace our thinking and allow ourselves to take on the, the perspective and view that, that we are in a multiverse and multi experience reality. And so that means that many, many possibilities are happening, like time slip and Mandela effect, and all these different, you know, surreal things. And you can actually, you know, experience and be in, in different places at different times. And it does not mean that you are insane. It doesn't mean that. So um, we need to take back the definition. We need to take back, you know, uh, have ownership. Of, of our belief system, everyone else is doing it. Uh, people in the spiritual realm are, are, you know, reluctant to speak out. And this is a time if everyone else has a voice, let's get our voice done in this area. Yeah, absolutely agree. And and it it's really the whole axis on which the idea and also the the dimension of dreaming comes in since that's kind of the context here is that we all have access to dreaming. So in that alone, by, by getting the internal, as I call it, the internal martial arts going, the training through lucidity. And if that has to take place in the dream realm 
and then filter out into what we consider our waking realm, so be it. In the end, it's how we hold agency and sovereign sovereignty within ourselves uh, that creates this experience. And then it overlaps and overlaps and we have different timelines and this awakening just continues to unfold. Well, look at look at um, people that are op opening up their third eye and using their intuition. And this this is another thing that they told us to stop doing is using our inner knowing our intuition. Yes. And, um, years ago, I mean, all animals use it. They know when there's a serious weather pattern happening. They know when they're in danger. And so we're saying, well, they're animals. They're doing what animals do. No, we could do that as well. We also um, had levels of telepathy that were natural. And we're, we're pushed out of that. And there's certain people that start to pick it up a little bit. Like, wow, I can't believe I can do that. I, I'm of the theory and the belief system that all of us could do that. I believe that we were all equipped to do a lot of things. And that was dumbed down. I, I found personally that, um, that that stuff exists, but it's, you tune it out. Right. It's a deliberate because we're yeah. told to. We're told to at a young age. But also, it seems like it comes from a different place. It comes, it's almost like a, a first guess on things. For me, I mean, like if, I, if, if someone asked me a question, they wanted me to whatever, I would take, a, you know, like that very first thing that pops in your head is usually the right answer, you know? But people just tune that out because, oh, it can't be that. Have you ever walked into a space and there was something that said, don't go in there, that's probably not a good idea, and you ignore it and then something happens? No. You, you've never done that? No, I never go in. Okay. <laughs> so you listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's the type of thing. I mean, some people say, I don't know why I, you know, I usually took the highway, but for some reason I took this other road and then I found out that there was a big accident and I waited for hours late. It's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We discourage from that. What What is so important about us not knowing how to do that anymore? You know, then we have to, because it's like they're gearing us up to be told what to do on every level. Mm -hmm. Well, it's pretty much here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to go back in. And the other thing is, too, they discourage meditation. Meditation opens up the third eye. And so it's called, you know, it's anti-religion in some way to some people. Or well, that's science in general. Or it's evil or, you know, I've heard the weirdest things about meditation. And meditation is very simple. We do it pretty much every day. We just sit there and relax and you just allow your mind to, you know, relax and not think anything and just get rid of stress. There are uh, factions, groups, whatever you want to call them, that that believe the chakra system are alien implants and anything associated with those would be in league with those aliens or feeding them energy or whatever, however you want to see their control mechanism. But if you don't meditate, what are you going to get? Are you going to just take in all the information? No, I was just, I was just tossing it out there. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think, I think the chakras are in 
I I have to I totally agree with you and I say this all the time that we naturally meditate and we and then of course there's all these guidelines like you got to sit this way or that way we naturally do it we naturally know how to do it it's like dreaming and we just allow ourselves to fall into it and let the process take over we can really get a lot out of it. And, and, and that alone is that we naturally go into the quietude and into that inner space. There's no need to, to light the, the incense and the candle and the position and the breathing. We do it naturally. All that stuff is great, but, mm -hmm. but we do it naturally. And so we allow ourselves to do it. And unfortunately, at least in this timeline, a lot of kids were called lazy or daydreamers, and that's meditating. They were in this meditative state, and so what did they get? They get pill pop. They get pushed aside, the ones that are really, really in the flow of that. The threats to society. Yes. Because they don't, they don't walk the line, they don't stay in, within the box, they don't, they don't take orders really well. Yep. I know I'm one of them. <laughs> the control system. Yep. I call it the rebel gene. <laughs> they call me a contrarian. <laughs> oh, <Well>, Mary. <laughs> do we have any questions from people? I do, but I don't want to ask that one. So come up with some better questions, audience. I have questions. I have questions. So, well, yeah, I mean, I have more too, so it's... Oh, oh I could Jerry. talk to Jessica all night. I know. But we won't. This is so great. <laughs> um, so in one of your Andronicus uh, Chronicles, you channeled some metallic AI beings that you... I think you equated them to the Archons, or they called themselves the Archons? Is it, was it Tectatron? Yes, Tectatron. Yeah. Yeah, could you t talk really a little... I, I had an argument with him. Yes. I didn't know where he was coming from. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought, you know, it was kind of like Metatron and people think Metatron. Oh no, he's a divine being. I'm thinking that he's part of this. It, it's a reality that already exists, whether it's in our future or somewhere where it is all, all machinery. It's all, all, you know, some kind of robot. Could just be an alternate dimension that we we've created as well. I feel like this is where some people are getting their cyborg. Uh, secret space uh, cyborg mm. and I even talked to some people actually um, uh, it was a funny story uh, a friend of uh, James Rink and I, I said you know, I said his name I, I channeled his name and we was talking about uh, Tectatron knew him I drew a picture of him and then I met him well, was, I'll, I'll say it and I'm sure he's not going to be angry at me but it was Adrian and uh, Adrian is a friend of James Brink, and I didn't know him at that time, and here I was doing this whole Tectron thing, and his name was saying, calling him Adrian, and, and, and I drew the picture of him, it looked like Adrian, and, and then I met Adrian, and we were talking about it, he's like, well, well, who is he, who does he think he is? I said, I don't know. I said, this is exactly what's going on, so in some reality, he was having this interface with, with Tectron, he was rebelling, and kept rebelling and wanting to get out. Um, so I think that in some way, and you know, I said the divine order of things, 
um, I was destined to meet Adrian, and then Adrian needed to um, have a realization of, of his um, being involved in that space, and he liberated himself from that space. It, it does happen that way. Sometimes bad things come forward, and then later on, you know, you understand the wisdom of it. It plays out over time. It's like the long game. Yeah, and yeah. You, you, I, I've heard people call it like DNA activation when that happens, when something, you know, some kind of synchronicity leads to you going to meeting up with someone and then energetically and, and awareness-wise, they're like, whoa. <laughs> they're woke at that point, you know? Not yeah, like woke, that was, woke. Yeah, that was, I can't believe that was you. And it was, it was kind of a bizarre situation. It's, it's a hell of a way to meet someone. They're like, how in the world did you? Did you pick that up? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. It just happened. Okay. I'm not going to ask that, Darcy. Darcy wants to know, what does Andronicus want? Or are you guys just friends? Um, Andronicus came in. Uh, I believe he connected to us at a time where he was, they were, their planet was being overtaken by the reptilians. And he, he was warning us. He was saying, whatever ex we experience, you don't have to go through. I'm trying, here to tell you right now, don't allow it to get so far that it becomes this problem. And he said how they were experts at mind control. He said that they gradually took over and then they, it turned it into a whole dystopian society where they actually had like the, uh, the numbers printed on them and you know the whole bit. And he says, in those, those futuristic movies that you see, some of them are us, and we've projected our reality. You guys can see it, but not so you feel that you have to experience it. I want you to all know. You know that was the initial reason he contacted us. That we projected it to them? They were already experiencing it. They were like, you know, we need help. They were sending it out into the universe, and we were literally picking it up and, and people were writing about it or putting it into movies. It's like the, the Andromedan strain. You remember hearing yep, about yep. strain? Yeah. I read the book. So that's interesting then because that would imply, well, it doesn't imply it. It, it does imply, well, <laughs> what am I trying to say? So a lot of people will say they are doing this. There's mind control programs up for the government or, you know, or the UN or whatever, some group of people. When in fact, they could just be some other kind of energetic uh, sometimes, something yeah. that we're getting from somewhere else that we're not, you know, it's not from the government. Sometimes, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 as so many things are, you discover it's both and. It's, it's, it's whatever you think it probably is, plus a bunch of other shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm putting together the, the transmissions that they're going to be out in a book. Oh, cool. I know people want to read through and see everything that was said, but that is my first interaction with him, first few interactions with him. That's why I believe we connected with, and I say we because it wasn't just about me. But then, you know, through the storyline, we talk about how he and I knew each other, and it sort of evolves as he begins to remember. Right. I, he tells me what happened. You were Hera or something. No, or, or... it was not. I was I was Simiramis, so they call me Sumer. Right, Sumer, that was it. Yeah, and and Ishtar, and they, and they called me Sumer. I came in, I, I was abducted 
by the reptilians and brought to this other planet. And then they had to get rid of me because I was out of timeline. Brought me back and I looked like, you know, they didn't know if I was a god or who I was. I came through a portal. That's what he said to me. So it was it was kind of a really weird thing. So I came in, went in. Uh, no, I got abducted as Samaramus and then came back as they, they called me Ishtar. Hmm. Upgrade. You got upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I got killed in that lifetime too. <laughs> so here's a good question. So do you have any experiences or any of these entities that live before like the Sumerian time? It seems like our history kind of stops at that point going back. And it seems like a lot of people who are in touch with information that goes back that far stops there too. Well, there's, there, there was a whole revolution of the pre-Adamic race that exists. And do you talk to any folks over there? I, I have a memory of, of being over there, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it is kind of a weird one. <laughs> there were, they were what, big people, right? That, yeah, these were, I mean, if they were big, then I was big too, so I didn't see a difference. But there was um, uh, the one that they call Cain, was mm-hmm. the group that I was with and I remember looking at him thinking that his head was dirty he's bald and he had these like marks but I think it was that lightning bolt thing that, that, that hit him he had literally had it looked like dirt it looked like like a, a grayish something like gray. oh scarred tissue yeah I've seen that something like that and uh, or it could be Harry Potter the, the uh... <laughs> It was, it was so weird that they were, they were in a whole different mindset. They were under different rules. They actually had different DNA. Probably. That there's a, I forget who was talking about this, and it's not credible information, but it says that the, their civilization ended up down in Antarctica, and that's what's getting dug up right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, the Earth was in a different place, you know, because that was a big flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Or whatever, um, it is flood or alter the earth some way to create that. I think it's the earth that's doing it. The earth just generates the resets when, <laughs> yeah, when things aren't going too well. Yeah, but I think that there are beings that, that know how to, you know, everything, everything is a vehicle. Mm-hmm. The earth is, a vehicle. I mean, you know, I mean, it has density. more or less, yeah, but it is a vehicle. All planets are a vehicle, they, they're, they're guided and moved. Right. If we all, I've I've heard people say that if we all meditate like the planet together, we could move it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could, you know, shift it to. I don't know. I mean, any way you shift it at this point is going to create an imbalance. Or I just want to get that six point six degree, six six degree tilt out of here. <laughs> what would that do? It would make uh, a large swath of wasteland today like paradise yeah yeah oh okay so darcy has another question here i'm trying to decipher it okay so the information i I think what she's asking is is andronicus trying to help humanity or just your family line just your ancestry oh humanity 100 percent yeah, 
not not any particular one. I don't have any more questions. Nish? No, 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 no. I just had to reach to the button. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm good. This has been extremely fulfilling. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Do you I'm sorry. I'm re trying to read chat. And <laughs> I was like, where'd Jerry well, go? The, the preview, <laughs> Are the previews... you going to start getting a transmission? No, the preview's doing a thing like it's not getting in stream, and this I had to check the stream. It's all good. It's all good. Anyway, so uh, Jessica, would you like to plug anything or your work or what? Where can people find you? Uh, we have all your links in the show notes and in the, the video description. But if you had anything else to talk about, like yeah, how, come, how awesome I mean, your readings are, things like that. Oh well, I welcome everyone to come into the YouTube channel. We have different types of information that comes in. And uh, we do that a couple of times per week, usually. On and uh, over and above the Andronicus transmissions, also we've been covering the yellow vest, and you know, kind of a liberation of uh, people speaking out, and it seems to be getting contagious in other nations as well. So see that it's fantastic. France is motivating the rest of the world to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they burned down their own cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did for sure. Um, yeah, and my website is uh, www.readingsbyariel.com. And and uh, did I tell you guys, you guys are awesome. You are, you've been listening since uh, Little Spirit Radio times, right? I have been, yes. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, I wish we had met sooner. And you have to come on my show. So. Absolutely. This I've loved this. I thank you so much, Jessica. And and of course the time i think the timing lined up just right the scheduling thing was crazy with me not being able to make that date but i'm i'm so grateful thank you for spending this time with us thank you very much for inviting me now i'm getting questions come on oh <laughs> it's always that <laughs> anything good jer <sighs> can't find it mr a i'm so sorry i don't know which one was a question dude i'm so sorry next time we'll get you next time so anyway jessica thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you nish thank you audience and be sure to tune in next week we have somebody cool i think it's tim swartz next week right uh, you know, I don't know. We yeah, always no, have. I know you don't know. know. Tim Swartz is the <laughs> co-host of Exploring the Bazaar on KCOR Radio with uh, Timothy Beckley Green. It's an interesting UFO encrypted. Oh, that was my question. I got a. What's up with Bigfoot? What do you think of Bigfoot? He's an interdimensional being. Yeah. Yeah. What about other? I've communicated with them before. Yeah, is it a? It's a group of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is. Of different races, too. Yeah, as if you get into the woods, you can tune into them if you're telepathic. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not hostile or anything. Um, my, my experience was so scary, Jessica. I don't ever want to have it again. It was like, I'm going to be. And so. You must have met a hungry one. <laughs> I, well, it was two of them. And it was, and it was completely physical 
and yet you know the voice was in the head too and yeah i mean unlike anything i've experienced yeah they'll definitely get in your head i mean i have talked to people who would go off on these little journeys with them and stuff um but that's you know <laughs> whatever you're connected to I just maybe they didn't like thing. my dogs i don't, I don't know your wolf <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of one more thing too. The uh, with with cryptids that show up like Mothman or specifically Slenderman, which is a newer cryptid that's based on a fictitious story. Are those things that people are manifesting, or do you think maybe these quote unquote controllers are doing it because they're getting the signals? You know, they're hearing the Slenderman energy, right? Maybe they produce those effects? Yeah. Um, well, all right. I'll tell you my experience. Mothman, in my opinion, is one of, uh, he's from Sirius. It's like a, like an Egyptian type of being. And uh, Slenderman is, is identified as one of the species through the ACIL. So they are natural. And they're, they're, they target children. They're very, very dangerous not uh someone to like play with or or anything like that i would think none of them are fun to play with but, but i get it i was looking at too short of a timeline right <laughs> they've been here before that's where the idea came from and then they show up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean if if uh yeah i think that we can like fabricate and when i first time i heard slender man i thought it was a hoax i didn't believe that it was true uh those kids were highly affected by it and then uh, Peter from the ACIO did, did say that they, they have been watching the Slenderman because they're really targeting the children and they're, um, they're creating black-eyed children, mm. which is another weird thing. Have you heard about black-eyed grandmas? No, but I really, I could, would not want to meet one, I'm sure. I'm sure you wouldn't either. <laughs> Oh, Jerry. That's kind of half joking. All right. <laughs> I'll shut up now. So I'll just keep babbling. Thank you, everyone. Thank you again, Jessica. Thank you, Nish. Thank you, listeners. And have a good one.